What is up, plant people? It is Tuesday, February 18th, 2020, and I am stoked to be here with you today. Do people still say stoked? I don't really know. Either way, I am Vikram Baliga, your host, and I am super stoked, super duper, fresh to death, stoked. I'm just making stuff up. It doesn't matter. How are you today? Hope you're having a good one. I have a lot to cover today, so I'm going to jump into it. Um, Today's episode is going to be fantastic, and you're going to love it. Uh, We talk with my really good friend, Kristen Bingham, who is a professor at South Plains College, our local community college um, in biology. And she's just a wonderful instructor, a wonderful professor, a really cool plant nerd, and has some really interesting, great, meaningful thoughts, I think, on education, on academia, and how to just navigate life. A few things before that. Um, there's some cool stuff coming up. And I've mentioned this before, but Lubbock Con is at the end of February. It is February 29th. Because it's a leap year, and that means there's an extra day, I guess, apparently, looking at my calendar. And uh, March 1st, so February 29th through March 1st, is Lubbock Con 2020. I'll be there in a couple capacities. I actually have a little woodworking gig, and I will have a booth. But I'm also doing a live show and a live panel at Lubbock Con. That will be Sunday, March 1st at 12 p.m., in room 101 at the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about plants in sci-fi and fantasy series and just how many authors and creators use plants in their world building and how important they are to a lot of these fantasy worlds. It's going to be great. Uh, Lubbock Con is going to be a lot of fun. I'll put info about how to get tickets and all of that in the show notes. Second, we just started a brand new Facebook group called Planthropology's Cool Plant People. It's a really laid back, fun community where you can post plant memes, plant questions. People can answer your questions. It's awesome. Um, find that on Facebook. So again, plant apologies, cool plant people. It's awesome. You'll get to meet some other podcasters and some other plant nerds like you. Um, the next thing, stickers. I ran a promotion over the past couple of weeks where if you left a review on Podchaser or iTunes, I would send you a sticker for free. And I've sent out quite a few of those already, and I'm going to keep it rolling through the end of February. So if you want to get on iTunes and leave me a review or Podchaser and leave me a review, take a screenshot of it, uh, send it to me through email or whatever else. I'll send you a cool plant people are cool picture. I'm sorry, a cool plant people are cool sticker for free in the mail like we did in the old days. The next thing, Patreon. I debated a long time whether that was something I was going to do, whether I wanted to start a Patreon, but, uh, you know, I'm getting a lot of support from the Texas Tech University Department of Plant and Soil Science, but I hate just relying solely on them to pay for hosting and all of those things. They've been super supportive and they've done a lot of great stuff, but I want to be able to, as we move forward, um, produce merch and expand the show and improve the show and get more equipment and do live shows and things like that. So that's where you come in. Um, if you'll go to Patreon, dot com slash planthropology and even if you can donate a dollar a month which is 50 cents an episode that goes so far uh to making this whole thing better and giving us the option to do a lot of really cool stuff coming up over the next year or two so think about it if you've got a couple extra bucks if you're willing to sacrifice a starbucks um or other non-branded copyrighted coffee company coffee um 
I would really appreciate it. Uh, there's some really cool rewards from stickers to live videos to patrons only content. So again, that's patreon.com slash planthropology. And the last thing, if you stick around after the show today, I've put in a little promo from um, Kristen, our guest today. She is the host of a podcast out of South Plains College called Catabolic Conversations, where they talk about biology, all the cool stuff they do with their students. And it's a lot of fun. So stick around to the end and listen to that. Um, Aside from that, I think that's all I've got. I think you're going to love today's episode with Kristen Bingham. Hang out, listen in, get in your favorite chair and put in your favorite earbuds or turn up your radio or however else you consume media and listen to the hilarious and meaningful and deep thoughts of my good friend, Kristen Bingham. All right. Well, we are live. Thanks for coming in today. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You having a good day so far? Great day. Today is our fall break. Students, it doesn't affect students, but faculty are off and we get an extra day. So that's a good day. That's nice. How does that work? Well, we just don't go in for office hours today. So we got the morning off to sleep in and I went and had lunch with my oldest son. So just hanging out. Well, very cool. Well, introduce yourself. Tell me what you do. Okay. My name is Kristen Bingham. I am an assistant professor in biology at South Plains College. I teach a number of different biology classes, have over the years. This is my ninth year of teaching. Um, I also run the greenhouse and gardens at South Plains. I am the outgoing president of the Lubbock Master Gardeners Association. I'm trying to think. It's pretty much it for right now, I think. So okay, just to kind of tamp some of that down. Yeah, is that all? That's, that's all you do? That's all. It's I know that's nothing compared to you. But. Oh, no, I just, no. I think like of all the people I know, you're probably the one of the few that is like just as busy. I mean, I feel like we keep pace, but right now it's kind of coming to that harvest season where everything's slowing down. So it's nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. That yeah. is that is good. Yeah. That is good. It's like actually fall today. It is. It's gorgeous outside. I was walking through your garden um, as I came in. I was a few minutes early, so I got to walk around and kind of see what's growing and what's still putting on. The birds are just having a heyday out there. It's a beautiful day to be outside. It, it really is. We should go outside. We, go. <laughs> we could do this outside. It could go. It'd be so loud. <laughs> it'd be so loud. Well, because it'd be a traffic and birds. And it'd, it'd be the birds. Undergrads. Yeah, undergrads. They're around. <laughs> okay, so you said you've been teaching nine years. Have you been at SBC the whole time? I have. I have. I um, came out of my graduate program, so I have a master's degree in biology from UTPB in Odessa. And as I was getting ready to graduate, I just happened to see the job open at South Plains for an instructor. And I was like, hey roll the dice, see what happens. And turns out they liked me and they offered me a position and I've been there ever since. That's awesome. Yeah. It's been really good. I actually teach with some of my former instructors. And so I get to, I get to spend my days with the people who helped me learn how to love science the way I do. So that's really cool. It, It really is very cool. That's the magic of our department. And I think, you know, that's a big thing about community colleges and what we in particular do at South Plains. It's just a really unique place to be. And it's a really cool place for students to be, to be able to enjoy that close relationship. That's really cool. And it's cool that, like, I like the way you say that, that you get to work now. And and I think I get that to a certain extent here too, but Mm -hmm. you get to work with the people that helped you fall in love with science, that helped you. Can I'll tell you a secret. 
I started as an English major in college. Really? I did. I love words and I always loved learning about language. But I sat in my first zoology class and um, they started talking about taxonomy and root words and etymology. I was like, oh, dang, this makes my brain so happy. And <laughs> I never looked back after that. Oh, I that's just cool. was like hook, line and sinker. Science is for me. So, yeah, that's awesome. I think it's just always interesting to hear like how people get to. And I know that's the whole point of this, but how people get to where they are and end up like in a field that they love for a long time. Mm -hmm. You never know what that one thing is where that one spark is that's going to just take flame and just change somebody's life forever. And it's cool to see that happen. Well, I think that's a great lesson for um, like our students that are hopefully listening to this. I don't know. There may be one of them (laughs) and it's probably one of my employees who I can fire if welcome. We're so glad you're here. Yeah. Thanks for listening, Zach. He has to listen. Yeah, no, he has no choice, you especially know. to this episode. To this episode, for yes. sure. So, uh, uh, just for context, um, Zach used to work for me. He was one of my student assistants, and is Kristen's cousin. So, even though he doesn't work for me anymore, he still pretty much has to listen to this episode. Now, to be fair, I did not fire Zach. It was not for lack of trying, but I didn't fire Zach. He took a job with a different lab. So, anyway, back to the show. Um, but that. You know, you go through your collegiate career, your academic career or your professional career. And and I think that we get pretty scared in the in the field, in education, academia to like take a hard left sometimes. Right. Like I'm dedicated to this. I've put in this much time and we fall into this like sunk cost fallacy so much of I've been in school for three years. I studying just got to keep going. <laughs> I just got to plug it, plug away and finish and get the degree. But at some point it's like, yeah, but why get a degree in something you hate? Mm hmm. Or, or not even hate, but maybe that doesn't like get you up in the morning. Yeah. And in the enthusiasm, I think, is what makes it sustainable in many ways. Because I've known professors who have come in. They're like, this is cool. I'll be here, you know, a couple of years and I'm gone. And they do that. But then, you know, I was in a conversation last last month with a professor who's getting on to 20 years. And she's like, I meant to be here two years. And I guess I'm still here. Get stuck. <laughs> and she likes She loves what she does. She loves the kids she works with. And it. It's neat to see that kind of buy-in when it happens and you're not expecting it. Yeah. So. No, that's really cool. So so that's what got you into sciences, I guess, the, that zoology class. Mm-hmm. What got you into plants? Because you're, you're a plant nerd, too. I am a total plant nerd. So, um, I, so I started at South Plains. I took a zoology class. Um, I ended up after that in a botany class with my dear friend, Iris Keeling. And she hired me after that semester to work in the greenhouse that I now run. That's cool. As a professor. And so she let me water plants and repot things and just do pretty much whatever I wanted. I'd grown up gardening with my mother and with my grandmother. And so I knew how to take care of plants and I I liked it. And once I started working at the greenhouse, I was like, this is the best job ever because it's quiet and it's calm and breathing all this extra oxygen. I'm happy. And so when I started um, taking care of the plants and doing that botany work, I was like, this is really cool. I actually have a bachelor's degree in zoology. I fought it for a long time. (laughs) I, when I made the transfer from South Plains to tech, I met with um, Ellen Pethley and really looked hard at horticulture degrees, but I ended up staying more in the biology part of the world. And I really wanted to stick with animals. I thought I'd go, you know, work with elephants somewhere. Yeah. Elephants um, are cool. Yeah. I really like them, but they're kind of big. Um, 
Kind of hard to find to work with. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. In West Texas. <laughs> They're like, you got to volunteer for six years and oh, we might see. give you a job. So, no, yeah. um, I got into plants and was doing a lot in, while I was still at tech and then while I was in my master's, doing a lot with food security and how how people get food, our understanding of where food comes from. It was at that time the Omnivore's Dilemma came out yeah. by Michael Pollan. And yeah. There was a big food revolution going on with the local food scene. And so that's where I really kind of bought back in. And I thought, you know, when I was leaving college, I really thought I'd go work for a nonprofit on food security and trying to revitalize local food sheds. And so I've just hmm. always stayed in the food scene and, and in the plant part of the food scene, talking about this is how you grow your food. This is, you know, this is where it's coming from. This is how you feed the meat that you're eating. And that's that's where a lot of that interest stayed at for a long time. When I got back to South Plains, it was, you know, a couple of years and they were like, hey, you know, would you like to run the greenhouse? Yes, of course. Let me do this. <laughs> I've been waiting. I started a garden. So we've got a about a 6,000 square foot garden tucked okay. in behind our building. And we were growing food out there and putting in different um, spaces. We've turned it into an outdoor classroom at this point. And so it's just been this progression of embracing plants and just m- making it a bigger part of my life, I guess. Yeah. That was a long rambling answer. No, no, it was great. It was no. all over the place. No, you're fine. No, that's so, but that's, I, I think that's i'm totally fine with that because like the journey to different places is not ever simple i think and into our fields and then and you uh, and you fight it sometimes oh my gosh sometimes yes. you're like no i don't want to do that you go kicking and screaming yes, right like but here here we are holding onto the door frame <laughs> yeah. like it's a cartoon i refuse to be a botanist oh wait i am a botanist. yeah yeah congratulations <laughs> welcome happened yeah no and like i i at this point I've mentioned it more than once, but I started in engineering I and that. I, yeah, I did a year. I was going to go to med school and I did a year of biomedical engineering. I wanted to build prosthetics. That's cool. Uh, but then I realized I don't like calculus or blood. See, and I thought about med school for like a solid three minutes. One time I was mm-hmm. like, wait, I really don't want to deal with people, but wait, I deal with people every day now. Yeah. But you can also like escape and go like deal it's with different. plants. It's different. Yeah. Plants don't talk back. No, they don't. Or ask dumb questions. And when you cut parts off, they don't say anything. Yeah, well, that's true. Edit that out. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's called propagation, that and that's pro- how we make new plants. <laughs> that's exactly. That is not how you make new people, however. Mm-hmm. Future editing Vikram here. Uh, Kristen is probably not a murderer who cuts people's arms off and plants them. Probably. Um, we've, we've taken a turn. Taken I don't know what's turn. going on. We have to get back. It's totally fine. Um, so you, so what is, what is teaching at the community college level? Like, I mean, what, you know, I don't know that you have anything to compare it to. I don't know that you've, but it seems like that'd be so chill, like compared to like a major research university. It is. And that's, um, you know, I've got friends who they went all the way through and got PhDs and looked at teaching in universities. And I'm, one of my really good friends and colleagues um, came from tech and she knew she wanted to teach at a community college because of the difference in culture. Um, I teach three classes. I, those classes, I teach a lecture and then a lab that corresponds to it. So my load is about six regular classes. Wow. Um, but I see my same students for both lecture and lab for each class. And so I teach um, four days a week. We have classes Monday through Thursdays. And then I have Fridays for office hours and lab prep, setting up exams, all that weird stuff we do. And it is it 
it's more chill now because I've been doing it so long that I kind of have an idea of what I'm doing. Sure. Um, and I get to spend a lot of time really pouring into my field and trying to improve my, my teaching methods and my skills so that I can better relate with my students. So, yeah. Um, we don't have a huge emphasis on research, but that doesn't mean we don't do research. Um, our faculty is able to research independently. We write grants, we try to investigate new, new things that we want to do or new technologies we want to bring in. Um, South Plains is an amazing institution and we have a lot of resources available to really make our classes as good as they can be the best that they can be. Yeah. And so we, we really focus on the teaching aspect more than research because that's, that's what we're there to do. And so it really, it, it's a whole different approach to our students. I know every one of my students' names, it takes me a little bit, but I remember all their names. Um, I know what they're doing. I know the ones that are at tech, the ones that are just at the college and kind of, it gives me an opportunity to get involved in their life. And for the ones that want it really mentor them in terms of where they're going after this, if they know, or if they don't know, kind of helping them figure it out. That's really cool. Cause like, you know, we, we, we have that to a certain extent here. Um, one cool thing that we do in this department is, uh, faculty advising, mm-hmm. uh, and not all departments do that. Right. So, so a lot of departments have just a general department advisor, but we do faculty advising. And so at least to a certain extent, our students get a familiar face all the way through mm-hmm. that being said, that's still a lot of students. And so you don't get to necessarily always put in that one-on-one time or the, the extra, um, um, help that sometimes students need to figure out where they're going. And even with our labs, so I've taught some labs here in over the past year and a half. And even with that, like there's always a few students that reach out for extra help or extra advice. And that's great. But when you're teaching a hundred, 200 students or whatever it is, like it's hard to give that, that attention to maybe everyone that needs it or everyone that wants it. Yeah. Um, So that's really cool. We do faculty advising, and so we have students that we have listed on our advisee role. But what's nice um, about the class I teach, so right now my main course I teach is Majors Biology 2. So it's for the students that are going into med school that want to go pre-PT, physical therapy, occupational therapy. And biology majors, I get the really serious students in organismal biology. And so I kind of get to get to know them not only in class, but then advise them on what classes are you going to take next semester? What's your four-year plan? When are you taking the MCAT? How, you know, what are you doing in your summers to help prepare for this? So we, we really try to be hands-on as much as we can, as much as our students want us to. You'll always have students that are like, no, it's cool. I got it. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, good for them. Holler at me if you need anything. Yeah. But it's, it's a really, it's nice to be able to advise students and have that relationship. So I've enjoyed it. So you mentioned them going to take the MCAT or, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. next step there is. Do you, do you see like a lot of your students that come through and get all the prereqs they would need to go take the MCAT or something like that? Do you see a lot of students that are say come into tech or another university to finish out their four-year degree? How, what, is there like a mix of that? We have a huge transfer population. So most of, I would say most of our students coming in are planning to transfer to a four-year institution. Okay. We give them those first two years of their foundational courses, and then they can move on and finish up those junior and senior level classes as they get to Texas Tech, A&M, UTPB, ENMU, wherever it is they're going, West Texas A&M. I forgot about that one. But, <laughs> they're um, up there. Yeah, they're out. there. We like those people. Yeah, they're great. But, um, that that's the majority of our student population. We've got a 
a good population of non-traditional students that are coming back either after military service, they're starting a new career, you know, they've raised a family and they're trying something new. We get a lot of older students. Older students are amazing. They're yeah. so on the ball. Um, so that's, that's another core group. We also serve a huge population of um, tech students and other university students coming home in the summers. Oh, okay. And so they'll come out and take, um, you know, we'll offer majors of biology one and two in the two summer sessions. And so instead of waiting and doing a whole year of biology, they can come and sit with us for 10 weeks through the summer and get both credits and then go back to their institution. And that's kind of awesome. Like, you know, if... Uh if you're out there listening and you've been lost in a 400 seat biology class oh my gosh. Yeah. where, you know, you come in, you sit in the back and there's no way you'll, I mean, people do fine in that. Like, mm-hmm. but I, I think there's so much to be said with like the small class sizes oh, yeah. and, and going and using. So if I had to do it again, you know, I went to A&M and I struggled so much through my first two years of school, really my, more my first year because for one, I didn't know what I was doing mm-hmm. like as a, an and adult. that's totally okay. I yeah. mean, that's super common. Oh, yeah. Well, even just like, yeah, with my degree, but even just like how to study and yeah. all those things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I go and I sit in a 200 seat history class or whatever and like end up failing a class because I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to study. I don't like have necessarily the resources to go get the, the help I need. And you're not asking questions. No, obviously. I mean, nobody asks questions in those classes. No, it's so intimidating sometimes yeah. and overwhelming that it's just impossible to do that. So I, I'm a big proponent. If I had to go back, I think I would do my first two years, uh, at least part of it mm-hmm. at a community college. I, so I graduated here in Lubbock and, um, my, my parents did not really, they didn't do college. They don't have bachelor's degrees or anything like that. So I was the first one in my family um, to go to college and to really take that route. And I really, we didn't know what I, I didn't know what I was doing. And my parents didn't really know what we were doing. Right. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to college. I don't, I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to start at South Plains. Cause I think it's a little bit cheaper. <laughs> and since, and I've paid for it. I mean, I've got the loans and all of that. I've, I've done it all, but, um, what I like about South Plains is our our classes are capped at about 30 students each. Yeah. We Our labs in, in the biology department don't hold more than about 30 students. So we're limited on how big our classes can be by the size of our facilities. But in a class of 30 students, we have time and we have the ability to stop and say, okay, you know, we just covered some serious biochemistry here. Did y'all get that? <laughs> right. We all good. Do we need to go over silence, this again? Remind, I'll remind him. Silence is consensus, guys. If you don't understand, you better speak <laughs> up. Because otherwise, it's pedal to the metal. And we're, we're moving on. Yeah. So, it, I mean, I just finished this in my majors one class I taught last week. We were going over cellular respiration. And we go through the whole process of ATP synthesis and all of these weird chemical processes that are just fascinating right and i'll have the whole board full of reactions all the way across i'm like so all of this happened so we can get here did you understand all that and they're like no no like let's do it again we'll start over and do it again and then and in a class like that you have that ability and it and you get comfortable with the people around you because and i'll tell them i'm like guys if you don't understand, chances are three people over here didn't understand right. either. Yeah, so absolutely. if you'll just ask me, I promise I'm not going to bite your head off. I'm not going to do anything <laughs> weird. I'm just going to, I'm going to reteach it either till you learn it or I pass out because I ran out of air. We're going to learn it. <laughs> we'll figure it out. No, yeah, that's really you cool. You will learn this if you, if you stay long enough. <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, so tell me more about like, 
where do you want to head? Like, what's what's the next steps? Now, I I don't mean in terms of like I'm going to go and take over the department with a iron fist or whatever, but like I mean, um, no, I mean like where what do you want to develop out there in terms of your greenhouse, in terms of your teaching, whatever else? Great question. Um, we are working on an improvement in our facilities right now. So our building dates back to the 1960s, and we've got this glorious green and mauve tiled uh, corresponding to that. I it's mean, lovely. It's perfect. It's well, and I like, you know, 1960s modern is my favorite design style. <laughs> so I'm right at home. That's but, your aesthetic um, anyway. I mean, I, I, I love it. There's a reason I'm there, but um, I've got, we've got two greenhouses out there that are in, in need of being repaired or replaced. And so we're working on um, a building project that's going to address that um, in the next five years, I expect to see a whole new greenhouse facility out there as well as, I mean, in that I'm going to have to dig out my garden and then we're going to redo the whole thing, which the first time okay. they told me that I cried a couple of times. Sure. I, I mean, no, I, that, and that's I not that. a natural response for me. I was like, Oh, my insides <laughs> hurt when you say this out loud, but, um, we're going to, we're going to redo the garden, which I love that because I didn't really know what I was doing to begin with. I knew what I wanted, but I've had the years of trial and error now in creating that space in my outdoor classroom. I'm like, okay, this could work better if this. And so kind of having a mulligan is going to be nice. Yeah. Um, we're working on developing some more digital offerings for our students, not necessarily in terms of like online classes or anything like that, but talking about how we can be more available to our students, things like podcasts, mm-hmm. web pages, um, and just creating more interactive interfaces outside of the traditional classroom. So that's, that's cool. I'm really pouring into dig- digital media right now and that that's something we both have in common that I'm kind of learning from you on. But, <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here today yeah. then because I think this is a good Yeah, I you know. No. So that's I mean, just since we don't do research, that's where I'm spending my time is trying to figure out what can I improve in terms of what I'm delivering my students and in what enriches this experience for them and for me. And that's, that's where I'm focusing for the next few years. That's awesome. No, I love that. And so, you know, I think we've talked in the past, uh, maybe, maybe we have or haven't, I can't remember, but about, um, like just a philosophy on teaching and how we approach teaching in a maybe in a different way than was done 20 oh for sure we have to well yeah i think we don't have a choice so tell me a little bit about just your take on teaching what kind of like what tools do you like to use how do you like to approach your students i am so i enjoy anything that i can get hands on with i'm a visual learner in every aspect of the word if you can give it to me and i can touch it i will understand it much better than just someone talking at me so you know with my my classes this last month they learned all about plants which they were not nearly as excited as i was about it they never are surprise (laughs) but uh, we talked about i mean we do a survey so we talked about everything from protists up through you know major tree groups and angiosperms and things like that And when we finish it all, we have a huge food lab where we eat all of the different things we talk about. And so we had sushi to go with our pineapple from our flower lecture. And we dissect flowers. And I mean, we just I try to get any opportunity that I can go out and get something that they can get their hands on and touch and taste, see whatever. I want them to have that opportunity and and teach an organismal class. So it's it's more macro. It's not so Mm -hmm. much sitting in front of a microscope that we do that as well. But my my 
main philosophy is let's let's try to make it big and interesting and exciting. And I think that the enthusiasm that I have for the subject matter, just because I'm such a nerd, I mean, I just nothing wrong with that. I think just totally nerd out whenever we talk about all the things, and that that's contagious. And I think if you're bringing that excitement to the material, your students can't help but catch a little bit of it. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And I think like you know, and that's that's one of the ways I look at my job out here is like I teach some, but I do more greenhouse stuff, right? I Mm -hmm. manage the greenhouse and do this kind of thing. But like if I don't care enough to make the hallways look good, mm-hmm. if I don't care enough to keep like the the garden kept and, mm-hmm. you know, the classrooms clean and all those things, like why should they care? Yeah, that totally. Uh, that's like it's almost subliminal messaging. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This doesn't matter. So, yeah. So I actually spoke to um, well, I don't even what's say October 11th. I'm, this yeah. is, you know, it, we're in the past now. We're in the future. How does that this is being released in the future, whatever. We invented time travel. So, yeah, through 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 podcasts. So <laughs> future listeners, it is October 11th. But I just spoke to um, an ag communications class this morning. Yeah. And and one of the things I was – and so we were talking about what is what is SciComm, what is science communication, how do you do it, uh, and like what, what things go into that. And so one thing that I always put in these lectures is something I learned from an old um, – training agent I had when I was in extension that everything speaks everything you do from like the shirt you wear to the temperature of the classroom to the distance the desks are from each other Mm -hmm. all of that speaks to the learning experience and so like you know whether like you said the subconscious I think it is like whether the the student or the learner whether it's you know because we I think we've both done formal and informal education uh Everything informs their learning experience. And so you almost have to care enough as an educator to move tables and chairs and to do those little things to make the environment better. Oh, yeah. My uh, my department of chair and I have this conversation a lot. I in my big list of asks right there with the shark tank and the jellyfish habitat. Okay. um, Is a room where I have a U-shaped configuration of tables, because I think that having those small classes where you're actually talking about really interesting subjects and really controversial subjects. Mm -hmm. If you're sitting and facing each other instead of looking at me, we can get a lot better discussion about what's going on. And, you know, in our greenhouse design that we've put together, I will have a U-shaped teaching space for propagation and things like that. Like it's, 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 I try to work anything like that I can into, because I think you're absolutely right. Everything you do affects that environment and the perception that students have and it's going to touch every aspect of that lecture that you present yeah no absolutely controversial topics like climate change i I just figured out how to do effects on this board so i'm you are so talented i'm a dork is what i am i I keep good company it can be both (laughs) um so no but that's that's really interesting like just the idea that you can take the space. And, and I think that idea in a greenhouse space is really cool that, you know, because greenhouses tend to be very linear, right? Mm-hmm. Like everything's laid out in a line and you stand in a row and you do things. And as an instructor, you wander around behind people and try to look over their shoulders. Yeah, and that's not creepy. It's super, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely not. And, uh, but to be able to stand in the middle of your students mm-hmm. and that's really cool. No. And it, as you know, I'm thinking about that. I don't, I realized that's a pattern in my life I didn't know was there because when I took over the greenhouses, our teaching greenhouse, 
has U-shaped plant benches now huh. so that students can get in there and work around each other and they're not in perfect lines. It's it's something that apparently I feel strongly about and wasn't aware of. Yeah, the letter U is, is great. It comes up a lot. Yeah, it but does. Even in labs, you know, I freak out um, in my labs when things aren't just where I left them, but my lab is that perfect mix of chaos and order where when you look on any shelf or any wall, you're going to see something that's interesting that maybe shouldn't be there. You know, is that really where we want to keep that particular animal skin? But we want, I want those things there because they're visually stimulating. And if you're going to daydream in my class, cool. Look at something cool while you daydream, but then come back to what we're talking about and make sure you get back up with the notes. So I think, I think finding that, that environment that really stimulates conversation, both during the lecture and outside of it of, Hey, what's this? Why, why do you have this polar bear, you know, stepping (laughs) I mean, we've got all sorts of stuff. It sounds like. Yeah. I just have plants. That's cool, though. Um, so I've asked this, I think, of a couple of different guests that have come in. But, you know, being in multiple parts of this industry uh, on the education side. I mean, I guess you're mostly on the education side, but you've yeah. done community education through the Master Gardeners. You've, you know, thought about other projects in terms of like. I, I do a ton of propagation and growing off and yeah. just trying to. So um, I'll tell you real quick. Um, on October 17th. So again, not sure when this is happening, but we're doing this a spooky succulents class. Oh. What is all informal education That's at awesome. a wine tasting room in Leveland. <laughs> so we're going to, I'm going to show up with pumpkins and moss and succulent cuttings and we're going to make a planter and that's so cool so i love yeah all of the different types of education so future listeners sorry you missed this but uh i mean but i'll link to it we'll link to it we'll have a a blog post or something and those things will happen again right oh for sure yeah how could you not do that no i would do that every chance i got cutest thing ever well i mean that you're mixing like what wineries and uh, succulents. succulents and pumpkins. Who doesn't and love that? That's pretty cool. That speaks to a whole generation right there. Wine, wine and succulents. So. It's, <laughs> no, it really does. It really does. I know my market. No, you do. It's like, <laughs> it's like painting with a twist, but with plants. Exactly. The twist is that you're not painting. It's plants instead. I know. And people are a lot less intimidated. Yeah. Oh, I can do that. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, so where do you see this industry heading, um, in terms of on the education side as, because mm-hmm. In my opinion, over the next number of years, however many years, things have to change a little bit in education, the way we approach things, the way that everything is structured. So whether on the plant, maybe both, whether on the plant side or the education side, where do you see us heading? Where do you think we're going to be in five or 10 or 15 years? You know, that's an interesting question from our our position in speaking specifically about what we do at South Plains College, we don't have online sciences. Um, we don't just really offer those in the biology department because the lab facility and that lab environment is such an important part of what we do. We really want that to be hands-on. And so that's a question we've had in our own departmental discussions is, okay, what, what does that look like? And we're really kind of focusing on that in-class experience um, and trying to stay with that as much as we can. I think over the next, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, there's going to have to be some more transition there to having more of an online presence because I think that's that's where most of our students are going to continue mm-hmm. to be from. I think that the marketability of the traditional education degree, um, the bachelor's degree and things like that, we're seeing that the market's flooded to a degree with them. Um, and so it's going to have to change. I think in terms of 
you know, education as a whole, there's always going to be people who want to learn mm-hmm. and we just got to find out how to meet them where they are. And that, that's what I think we've done a really good job of is, is meeting students where they are, no matter what their background is or where they come from and helping them get to where they want to go. That's the whole point of kind of the community college. And so I really, I think that we'll continue to be viable in that arena for people who want a higher education and I just, I think that the mechanism of delivery is going to have to change. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. The the traditional student already almost doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. It already that. almost doesn't exist. Because, you know, it's not like, you know, a number of years ago where you could work five, ten hours a week and, and pay for things. You know, a lot of our kids are kids. I'm getting old. Five or ten years ago? No, oh. no, 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 no. I don't know what I, I said. I have no idea what I said. In uh, the past, let's say in the like past. two generations ago. A couple of generations yeah. ago, you could work super part-time, put yeah. yourself through school. Yeah. Not everyone was doing it. A lot of people weren't going to school or mm-hmm. uh, doing trade schools, things like that. But now a lot of our students are working 40-hour jobs and taking yeah. 18 hours a class. And like there's just some like simple calculus to that that doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that as as departments as you know institutes of higher learning we've got to adapt to that and um you know make it about the education of our students again because we and and I say this on a podcast that's going out in a major research university but I really feel like we should this this needs to be about the kids that are here learning. Mm-hmm. I say kids, the the Students, men and women yeah, that are here learning. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, it, and whenever I was going through tech, there was a big push for be on time and finish your degree in four years. And it just, it wasn't a, a viable model then, I think, for a lot of people. And it just has kind of, that those ideas of a four-year degree being a four-year degree gets further and further away every year as you have more and more students that are doing all of this other stuff in addition to going to college or they're just bypassing college right. and they're you know getting careers based on their digital skills based on a whole different market that we're not even touching and absolutely so it it has to change something has to change something's got to give yeah or this model will be completely obsolete but there will i think there's viability in in what we offer the education that that you get from an institution from the people in that institution is invaluable and that's where the connection is and that that's where we focus is what can i do for you to help you get where you want to go and and that's what's going to save education i think okay no, I think you're totally right. That's really a, a great thought and a great way to think about it. That, yeah, I mean, dare I say it's a customer service industry? Oh, it so is. It is, and in, in, in that's what I see. And we do can't we do course evaluation? So I'm evaluated pretty much every semester sure, yeah. by my students. Yeah, and and I always tell them when we do evaluations, you know, this is feedback that I get directly from you. I don't know who sends it. I don't I don't see your names or anything like that. I can't tell who you are, but. If you'll tell me what I can do better for the next group, all you're doing is improving my service. And I really like, you know, constructive criticism is a good thing. So if you've got something that I can improve on so that the next student does a little bit better, then we're doing our job here. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Um, so kind of scary as well, but it is. Yeah, <laughs> it, goes it is really also well. a little scary. It, yeah, I like I mean, my students are they're great and they like what we're doing. So that's all that matters. That Yeah, I agree. So uh at the end of our episodes to, I guess, kind of thank people for hanging in there with us for the whole episode. Um, I try to like ask the people that come on for a tip, like mm-hmm. a garden tip, greenhouse tip, education tip, whatever you want to give. 
just to just to make it good and broad and really hard to narrow something down. So, okay, let's let's take this. Since we've been talking more, I think, education than plants, let's go this way. Um, If you had one tip that you could give an incoming student, whether you are 18 years old or 48 years old or anyone coming into school, what would that be? Try everything. Do everything. I I think it's so funny when we ask 18-year-olds, and, and I did this today with my 9-year-old at lunch. I was talking to one of his little friends. I said, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? She's like, I don't know. I was like, that's the best answer. Yeah. If you don't know, that's okay. Try everything. I took a law enforcement class in college because okay. I was like, maybe I want to be a lawyer, do something <laughs> with the legal system. Glad I took it. Wasn't for me. Right. But being willing to get out there and – it's not really wasting a three-hour credit, but being willing to step out of your box and try something new just to see how it fits, I think, is critical to that college experience. And we talk about developing well-rounded students. That's kind of lost um, some of its meaning, I think, in today's society. But the whole point of college is to expose you to all this other stuff in history and in government in the sciences and art so that we have people who are knowledgeable about a little bit of everything and not just on a track to go be right. a doctor somewhere. We want I want students to know it's okay to learn a little bit about everything and if you don't like it, it's okay to change, you know, change tracks midstream. Nobody's nobody's going to get really super upset about that because it's your life. So yeah. try everything. It's great advice. And the greenhouse tip I would give was you're not really a gardener until you've killed about a thousand plants. So oh, yeah. just throw it in the trash and keep going. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you kill, you're going to kill a few tomatoes along the way. That's what I tell my, when we hire student assistants and that's who does mo- that's who do most of the work in our greenhouse garden. I'm like, listen, if you kill it, it's okay. Just tell me so I can buy a new one. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. There's more plates out there. They were, yeah. We'll find them so. for now at least. I know how to order things online. <laughs> so. so where can we find you? Uh, plug whatever you want to plug. Oh, gosh, I forgot. Um, so I'm on Facebook, just at Kristen Bingham on Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram um, at KL Bingham. And then our garden out at the college, our garden and greenhouses, is the garden at South Plains College. And it's on both Instagram and Facebook. So you can check us out there, see what events are coming. I also share my community events there. So any sort of informal education that's coming up, that's where you can find out more for now. Awesome. Hey, thanks for coming in. Well, thanks for having me. It was fun. I hope we stayed on topic. Oh, it doesn't even matter. We do kind of wander. We do, but it's fine. But it's fine. It was fine. So thanks. As always, everyone, thank you so much for listening and uh, just being a part of what we're doing here. If you've got questions, um, comments, whatever, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, take care and we'll see you next time. Bye. So what I hope you took away from that is that life is not a straight line and that the changes and things that we go through and the new ideas and the new career paths and uh, educational paths and all of that is good and it's awesome and it you are not locked in to the first thing you do so i hope you find something you really enjoy and something you really love uh to do with your life thanks so much for listening it is always fun to have you with us here on planthropology Kristen was great and i hope you really got a lot out of that episode as always you can find us by searching for planthropology on all of the social medias you can get in touch on our website uh don't forget leave us some reviews check out the patreon if you'd like to find some really cool rewards 
and support what we're doing here and just uh, make the show bigger and better. Like I said, here comes a quick look and uh, some information about the Catabolic Conversations podcast that Kristen is a host of. I hope you'll check it out and I hope you'll be with us next time when I uh, interview entomologist Erfan Vafai, uh, who's just one of the funniest people I think I've ever met. Take care and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And I'm Megan Keith. And we host a podcast called Catabolic Conversations, where we're breaking it down. We are a couple of biology professors who love sharing science with undergrad students. We cover a variety of topics, including deep dives into lecture material and tips on surviving and thriving as a science major. You can check out our show by visiting www.southplainscollege.edu slash catabolicconversations or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Catabolic Convos. See you soon.